You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. All right, today we are going to talk about NFL draft prospects from LSU, including Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, and, and, and a few other folks. And, and here to help me do that is the managing editor of SB Nation's LSU site and the Valley Shook. That is Zachary Junda. Zach, thank you very, very much for uh, for hopping on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad you guys reached out to me. I'm happy to help. So uh, what do we got here from, from LSU? I think I have three, eight players that uh, that have combine invites mm-hmm. that about that about what you uh, what you had anticipated yeah well i'm i'm pleasantly surprised that um there's like two there's a seventh year player andre sam got an invite and uh uh jordan jefferson got a combine invite he was a uh like a fifth year or six year player but he was actually arguably lsu's best defensive lineman uh this past year so i'm i'm, I'm pleasantly surprised both got invited i Frankly, cool. Sam probably doesn't have an NFL future, but good honor for getting mm-hmm. this opportunity. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I'm I'm disappointed that Mason Smith elected to go pro. I thought he would have been better served with another year to uh, or another year in college football. But you know that's his prerogative. So hopefully it does work out for him. He he does have first round talent, but he just between health and and poor coaching last year, just never got a chance to really. Um, really show that, but but the headliners is just this near lock first round trio of of Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, and Brian Thomas Jr. and all three are probably going to wow in Indy in a couple weeks. All right, and, and let's you know let let's table some of the defensive tackles and and, and all of that. We'll get into those guys a little bit later, and let's start with uh, as you said the uh, the headliners, and we'll start with. Uh, I, we have to start with Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. and there's there's some scouts like Daniels, some scouts like Drake May, um, you know, as the as the second quarterback off the board. We're you know we're going to go off the uh, off off the belief at this point that Caleb Williams is going to be you know the the number one guy. Um, give me your your elevator pitch. For why it's got to be Daniels instead of Drake May as the second quarterback taken. Um, my quick elevator pitch is: Do you like Lamar Jackson? Because this can be like a Lamar Jackson type—the way he moves, the way, just the elusiveness, the strides. The just he's he's got this 
speed where as he runs, it never looks like he's going full speed. And yet, like there was a play against Florida this year where a defensive back had the angle on him and Jaden just ran right by him. And he, he's got all the running ability in the world. And just the, the growth that he made in two years as a passer was really impressive stuff. Um, just the touch, the precision, and the decision making. He he's he can be a little fearless when with his running, but he had forty touchdowns to four interceptions throwing the ball. So the decision making was was great. And LSU, even though they had a you know substandard record for the talent they're going to be producing. I lay none of that at the feet of Jaden Daniels. He was in control that whole time and Elshu had a chance to win every single game when five was out there. What's the difference if, if you can address it, the difference between Arizona state Jaden Daniels and the Jaden Daniels, who's entering the NFL draft now? Um, I think first and foremost, the, um, the ability or the, uh, the supporting cast, his freshman year at Arizona State was his best year as a Sun Devil, and he also coincidentally had Brandon Ayuk Brandon Ayuk to, to throw the ball to. Brandon Ayuk goes pro; he doesn't have Ayuk anymore. And then, you know, his sophomore year. Now, to be fair to him, that was also the COVID season; they only, they only play four games. So, you know, how much can you really put into it? But then, twenty twenty one, his his uh, his junior season. He has like 10 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and not a lot of NFL talent around him. Well, come to LSU and, you know, Louisiana produces wide receivers. Like they just, they grow on trees in Louisiana. Um, and and he had a neighbors. He had Brian Thomas. He had Kayshawn Booty was going into 2022 as a really highly touted prospect and never worked out because of just health and other other poor choices. We don't need to get into that. But I, I think just the supporting cast and really the the coaching situation at Arizona State was pretty toxic. It, it, it got to be pretty bad. Just Herm Edwards just kind of lost control of the wheel. And then uh, Jaden Daniels really instrumental in helping Brian Kelly kind of set this um, – reset this LSU culture. Uh, Mike Denbrock, who may, who's a Broyles uh, award semifinalist for top assistant coach. Um, his skill set translates really well to what Denbrock likes to do. He had success with, you know, the guys like Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati when he was there. He had success with guys like Ian Book when he and Kelly were together at Notre Dame. So I think just between the supporting cast and Mike Denbrock molding the offense to fit Daniels as opposed to, this is what I want. I want to fit this square peg into a round hole. No, let's let's cater towards you and let's let's make this work for you, not you work for me. All right. So you talked about supporting cast, and we'll get into Malik Neighbors and, and Brian Thomas a little bit more later on. But the the question really for me is: Did Jaden Daniels make those guys better, or did those guys make Jaden Daniels look better? you know, that then maybe he is, or is there some, some middle ground there? Yeah, I think it's kind of a chicken egg thing. Um, I, I think you could say the same thing um, about Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Did Burrow make Chase and Jefferson or did Chase and Jefferson make Burrow? Well, I think you'd say the same thing is happening here with neighbors and uh, Thomas. Did they make Daniels or was it vice versa? I, I'm actually inclined to believe that it was, 
Daniel's putting in the work as that grad senior. There's this great feature that one of the papers in Baton Rouge did. LSU has this like really kind of like new state of the art, um, I guess device is the word where like they use VR to kind of help their quarterbacks grow and they can like play film back at like double speed or half speed or all these different things. So Daniels is learning on the fly faster than what he's really seeing when like uh, when Saturday's come around and the game seems slow for him because literally he was seeing it faster uh, in practice and in the off season. And then that's just translated really well, um, really well in, into game days. Interesting. Um, when you look at Jaden Daniels, obviously you, you talked about the Lamar Jackson comparison and I see it too. He may be a little more slightly built than, mm-hmm. than Lamar Jackson and you know it's it's maybe not an an exact comparison but there's definitely reminders there and obviously the point is coming into the league you're learning you're learning the NFL you're learning NFL defenses and, and the ability to make plays with his legs gives him an advantage as he learns the question that i have is do you think he's a guy that needs a year? Does he need some development time? Can he walk into an NFL team and and be a guy that starts right away? Can he be CJ Stroud right away? Can he be, you know, which may be a little bit of an extreme example on the on the upside, but can he be a guy that that can lead a team right away? I, I think he could. I, I'm curious if the Giants do pull the trigger. I think, not to say that he couldn't be a day one starter, but I do think if it does work out where a Giants take him and he is behind a Daniel Jones for a year, that that might serve him well. I think, you know, for the longest time, the the old adage was, you know, take a take a guy, have him sit for two three years, and then he's ready. We're seeing that kind of less and less now. I, I, I think Daniel's. <clears throat> could be a day one guy like a you know I hate to say Bryce Young because of just how bad it was for Young in Carolina this year but you know Bryce was QB1 the second Carolina took him I think Daniels between the athletic ability the processing the mobility and just the maturity he's he's got this just calm collectiveness to him that I think really gravitates or people like want to gravitate toward, I should say, I think he could be a day one starter. And I, I think the only way you can uh, truly grow is by, is by doing. So I, I think he'd be better served starting from day one instead of sitting behind somebody. So you, so you do think that, that sort of the giant scenario where he probably wouldn't be the day one guy might help him, but that he could be, you know, but that he'd be okay. You know, if he had to start day one. Yeah, I think he could. He would for the Giants specifically. I think he could push Daniel Jones, um, and if if called upon, I think he would be ready. Um, I've said I don't think there's any drawback to him sitting and watching. I mean, there there's of course a benefit to to learning from a from a pro, but he could absolutely be uh, be someone who could contribute. Maybe not unseat a Daniel Jones, but definitely push him and and again if push came to shove 
and hey, we need a spark. This isn't working anymore. We need to cut ties. Let's see what we have in Jaden. Let's let's try it. Let's see what happens. Sure. So odds are, you know, if you listen to mock drafts and you talk to people at this point in time, a lot of people think those quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And and the Giants sitting at six, you know, either Daniels or May, um, you know, neither of those guys would be available to the Giants. Giants sit at six, and obviously the situation with Daniel Jones is it's it's not necessarily the last year of his contract, but it's the last year of his guaranteed money in his contract. So they could move on from him after 2024. Giants sit there with an opportunity at six to draft Jaden Daniels. If they pass on that opportunity, they're what? They're crazy or they're... Um. Yeah, I, I think what so like I, I I'm a Saints fan, and for the longest time with the Sean Payton era, they were they'd rather cut a guy too soon than too late. And I, I think in this scenario with the Giants, I think it, it would be a mistake for if if somehow some way Jane Daniels does stumble to them at six, and he's there, and you get a chance to get. Um, the Heisman winner and get that ever valuable rookie QB contract. You know, that's, that's like the, 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 the golden ticket build, build a team around this guy, get him, get him for cheap, surround him with the appropriate talent. And then when the time to re up comes, pay him whatever. But in these four or five years, let's, let's maximize what we have with the flexibility that we might have. I think it would be a mistake if he's there to pass on him for And obviously you guys follow the Giants more closely than I do, but this is, is this it? I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't foresee him being back for Jones. That is being back for 2025. Do you? I, I tend to doubt it unless 2024 goes really, really well. So, yeah. So, so I, my, my, gut feeling my belief is whether they use a, a, the sixth overall pick or whether they whether they go to that to that next tier of quarterbacks I, I think they need to prepare themselves for the for the for the uh, post Jones era yeah and I, I think with this 24 draft being so good at the QB position to have a pretty obvious uh off-ramp you know, I mean, and who knows what the 25 draft would look like. I mean, I guess there's Shador Sanders, maybe a Quinn Ewers, but this trio of Williams, Daniels, May is about as good as we've had in a while. And I think it'd be you'd be doing your franchise a disservice not to not to have that uh, one of those three guys ready just in case it doesn't work out. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Zach, let's talk a little bit about the the wide receivers. We talked very, very briefly about Malik Neighbors and, and Brian Thomas. Um, let's Let's talk about Neighbors first. And I do mock draft, a mock draft tracker every week. Been doing it for three or four weeks now. And Malik Neighbors is generally the consensus choice for the Giants at number six. But there, there is kind of a groundswell of support for Romo Dunze of, of Washington as well. Uh, it seems like you know, I think Daniel Jeremiah has has Odunze ranked ahead of Neighbors. Uh, I think Bucky Brooks has Odunze ranked ahead of Neighbors. Um, kind of, you know, back to the uh, elevator pitch or make the case for Giants are sitting at six. Quarterbacks are gone. They have a choice between Neighbors and Odunze. Um, I'm going to assume that that you would believe they should take Neighbors. Um, so tell me, tell me why neighbors should be the choice instead of Odunze. Um, Malik neighbors is LSU's all-time leader in catches and yards. And, and think about the, the talent that's come through this program, Jefferson, Chase, your, your guy, Odell Beckham, Landry, going back to Dwayne Bowe, Eddie Kennison, Wendell Davis, nobody had more catches than Malik Neighbors. Nobody don't don't forget, don't don't forget Reuben Randall, immortal yeah. giant Reuben Randall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reuben Randall. I was reading about him. Yeah, nobody had more catches than Malik Neighbors. Nobody has more yards than Malik Neighbors. Um, I think Neighbors. I th- first of all, I think he's going to be a star regardless of where he goes. But I think in a place new, like New York, he could really blow up. I think there's kind of like some Odell second coming with neighbors with the market and just the, the energy, the infectious smile, the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, end zone celebrations that he does, you know, they have his version of, uh, of the gritty that's really kind of taken off. Um, but more so than that, the, the thing that I love about neighbors having watched in these past three years, he just, He's got so much like give a damn. Like he genuinely plays hard. He's he do, he doesn't seem like one of those you know stereotypical quote unquote diva receivers. Um, like going into the bowl game against Wisconsin, he was still uh, like twenty yards shy of the career receiving record. And you know, LSU's playing. It's it's a New Year's Day game against a five loss Wisconsin team. There's nothing to gain from this. There's only bad things that could happen. Neighbors played that game not just to get the record, but because he he genuinely loves LSU. He loves his state. He loves his teammates. And they had to like he he took this uh pretty gnarly shot like to the ribs going over the middle. And uh this was this was after he got the yardage record. And that's when Brian Kelly might be like, okay, we gotta 
Malik, I know you love your guys. We got to be smart now. Let's let's get you out of here. And they had to like drag him off the field. So if you want a guy who just really has that competitive fire while also being, it it might be sacrilege, but he has kind of like some Tyree kill, like field flipping ability and some, uh, Oh, where is he? Where, where's 13 or uh, where's eight? Where's eight at? We got it. We got to know where eight is. He can put fear into, into defense's hearts. You know, the thing that, the thing that ended Odell Beckham's time in New York wasn't talent. It was all of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess you, you mentioned Beckham. I mean, so w- with neighbors, what is the potential, or is there potential for that for that other stuff to to become an issue, or is he just a passionate on field guy? I, I don't see it now. I don't confess to know Malik Neighbors. I've never interviewed him, never met him, never spoken to him. But I I, I don't see that. Um, some of the competitiveness that Odell had could be channeled in good stuff, but you know, I think back to like the like that that Josh Norman game, you know, and he's just loses his mind. I, I don't I don't see that with neighbors. Now maybe maybe he turns to a different guy with you know when the money hits, but you know, in this new like NL, NIL world we're living in, you know, maybe that's like an early taste of it, and neighbors didn't see that seem all that different. Um, I, I, I can't foresee him turning into this whole new like person. And I, I don't, I don't see like a, a big head coming from Malik neighbors. All right. Let's talk about Brian Thomas a little bit. Um, overlooked a little bit with, you know, with Daniels getting a Heisman and, and all of the, the top 10 hype with, uh, with Malik neighbors. Um, but tell me, Tell me about Brian Thomas. What kind of player you think he can be at the NFL level? Well, first of all, Brian Thomas is from the same parish or county, as you guys would say, uh, county slash parish as me. Shout out to uh, Livingston Parish, Walker High. Now that is my high school's (laughs) main rival, so I guess I can't truly claim Brian Thomas, but it is what it is. Um, Brian Thomas is a bigger body receiver. I, I think. And I don't have the measurables, but I think he he's got kind of like a DK Metcalf type of like physique. He's not as like thickly built as Metcalf, but I think he's kind of that same mold of like a big body, long arm receiver. Thomas had um, legit Division One basketball offers coming out of high school. He he could have played basketball at LSU had he chosen to, uh, or or anywhere like in the Power Five had he wanted to, but he stuck with football. Um, drops were a little bit of an issue at the start of this season and kind of towards the end of, uh, 2022, but he, he got over that and it wasn't Marvin Harrison jr. It wasn't Malik neighbors. It wasn't, uh, Adunze. Brian Thomas led the country in touchdown receptions. Um, and as big as he is, he's got, he, he's a lot faster than he looks. He's, he's not maybe the quick twitch guy that neighbors is. But he can win a lot of like downfield foot races, uh, and again for how, how tall he is, being like six three or six four, it's it's kind of alarming how like uh, how much top end speed he has. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he would ever be like a true number one receiver, but he'd be a really really overqualified number two. Is he a guy? I mean, 
the T Higgins to Cincinnati's Jamar Chase oh, kind of. Yeah. yeah. That's that, a really good, really good app. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, maybe even like a, um, I hate to keep going back to the saints, but like if, if Michael Thomas was healthy and like at his peak, like a Thomas Olave pairing, like would have been really scary. Mm-hmm. That's what I think uh, a Brian Thomas could be. He could be like a Thomas type. And uh, do do you see Thomas as a first round guy or a guy that, that, that could be there, you know, top of the second round, maybe? I don't think so. I I think like I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the saints take him and they bring him home. Um, He's really exploded up uh, of draft boards. He was looking like, Top 75-ish coming into 2023, uh, excuse me, midway through the season. It's like, this could be a top 50 pick. Now he's, I, I saw, like I said, I mean, I've seen like the Saints get projected to, or he get projected to the Saints, I should say. The the scariest one, uh, if Kansas City somehow, some way is able to snag Brian Thomas, you might want to pencil him for Lombardi number three in a row. That's That's like... <laughs> Well, you know they'll be hunting for a wide receiver. Yeah. You know that's where they'll be going in these you know I'd I'd be really surprised if it if it's not a wide receiver. Yeah. And and if he's there with Mahomes, man. I don't know how a uh, how a two-time defending Super Bowl team could be considered back, but it'd be like oh god, they got him. <laughs> wow. All right. So hey, let's talk a little bit about a couple of the the other players that uh that that are that are going to be at the combine you know from LSU and and I'm actually particularly interested in the three defensive tackles the giants are in a situation where they have Dexter Lawrence who's a tremendous player you know all pro caliber player pretty much at the peak of his uh, of of his powers these days but they traded Leonard Williams to the Seattle Seahawks, got a second round pick, you know, in exchange for Williams. They have a couple of young players that are day three draft picks, uh, you know, to fill in along that line. They have a veteran in Raheem Nunez Rochez, but they need more along that defensive, along that defensive front. Um, so just tell me, Tell me a little bit about those three guys, about Jordan Jefferson, Mason Smith, and, and Makai Wingo. Um, you know, kind of give me the scouting report and and where you think those guys might get drafted. You know, day two, day three, where you know where you think those guys might fall in the draft. Yeah, let's start with Wingo. Um, Wingo, I could see Makai Wingo being uh, a mid a mid round two early round three type. The, the biggest knock on Wingo is his size. He is a little undersized for a true defensive tackle or what you think a defensive tackle is. Well, I think with, you know, obviously Aaron Donald, but even like a guy like Kalaja Kansi, kind of opening the door for the smaller defensive tackles, a, someone like a Wingo, there there's going to be space for him. Wingo, the cool thing about him is at LSU this past season, he wore the number 18. And for those who aren't informed, 18 at LSU is like the big special number. It's a number that uh, I think football says it like best signifies what it means to be a tiger, which, you know, obviously like he's a leader, 
He's a captain, good guy, good locker room presence. The really cool thing about Wingo getting that number 18 jersey is Wingo is a transfer. So I think it really speaks to the type of character that he has, that a transfer was so highly thought of by teammates and coaching staff and uh, the former 18 wearers. They have this like cool little fraternity. They all thought that this guy, the guy who wasn't even on like their recruiting board coming out of high school, the one who even on, on the roster two years ago, this guy is what this program is about. He's going to be like our permanent team captain. Um, LSU's defense was god awful last year, and it was only worsened when Wingo missed basically the entire second half of the season with, I believe it was some kind of core injury. But another good thing that you guys would love about Wingo, Wingo very easily could have shut it down, but actually like rehabbed and played in the bowl game. He he missed all of November, most of October, and still put in the work to come back and play that game in Wisconsin and had like a, a sack and a couple TFLs, maybe even two sacks. I don't remember. Um, but he's he was LSU's best defensive lineman and arguably LSU's best defensive player and really disruptive up the middle for being as sm- small air quotes, small as he is. He, he, he's disruptive and he's a force. I mean, he was a freshman all American at Missouri, a uh, third team all American in 2022 with LSU, all ICC his first two years in college, a really, really solid player and just the type of guy that you would want in a locker room. Smith, Mason Smith, um, like I sort of mentioned at the top, so much just untapped potential. Um, he was he was set to explode in 2022, but tore his ACL on like the first series of the first game against Florida State. Not even it was just a freak. Um, he he jumped up and celebrated after a tackle got made and blew his, blew his ACL out, kind of like a like what happened to Dre Greenlaw at the Super Bowl where he blew his Achilles out in just the flukiest way possible. That sort of happened mm-hmm. to Smith with his ACL uh, 18 months ago. Um, it was just kind of obvious this whole season that Smith was working his way back from that injury. And he also, in fall camp, suffered a uh, like an ankle sprain. So between the ankle sprain and um, the rehab from the ACL, just just wasn't the same guy. But he was – he was a five-star prospect coming out of uh, Homa, Louisiana in 21 and was like either the number one or number two defensive lineman, depending on what service you subscribe to. Had first-round pick potential written all over him. Was even even despite the uh, ACL injury coming into this 2023 season, had first-round potential or a first-round uh first round grade, I should say, just because of the size and how big he is. He's a space eater. Um, it it didn't help that LSU's defense, <clears throat> defense was awful. And to be fair to Wing, uh, Wingo and Smith and, and Jordan Jefferson, who I'll talk to in a second, LSU didn't have a defensive line coach. They're, um, the the, the uh, Jimmy Lindsey, who was supposed to be the defensive line coach, had some kind of really serious health scare like one day into fall camp or, or maybe, maybe it was spring ball, but definitely like early in the off season or preseason, I should say. And, and they just did not have a full-time defensive line coach. So maybe, maybe that's all it was. And maybe once Smith gets to the NFL and has like a true 
defensive line coach. And he also, sorry, between uh, Lindsey leaving, had like four defensive line coaches in three years. So maybe like once he gets into a more stable environment, maybe he can touch, uh, unlock all that potential. You look at him as a, as a day three guy or, or still maybe yeah. a late day two guy? Day three? I, I think unless – Unless someone, a team says, we've got the perfect defensive line coach, like we know exactly what to do with him, he, he's going to be a day three pick, which is just a shame because he was so talented coming out of high school. And, and like, I, like I said, he was set to explode in 2022. He had a freshman, uh, a freshman All-American season in 21, and he was going to be a star. He was LSU's best player on the roster going into that Florida State game in 2022. And then it was just over in a snap and he just wasn't the same guy. And and frankly, I, th- I think he's making a mistake going pro. I think he would have been really well served coming back for this 24 season, especially now that LSU brought in uh, Bo Davis, one of the most respected defensive line coaches in the business. But you know, that that's his prerogative and, and, and I wish him the best, but I, I think he's cost himself a lot of money by, by coming out this year. Um, Jefferson, I, I don't. I don't know if Jordan Jefferson gets drafted. To be perfectly honest, I would love if he did, but I mean, he was a a six year player, a seventh year player. Like he just kind of is who he is. He was really he was really good for LSU. He's he's a space eater, a big bodied. I, I know he kind of had like a little bit of a like a skirmish or something at the Senior Bowl, which I, I think people didn't really love. He got into it with I don't remember who, but whoever was at the Senior oh, Bowl. Oh, is he is is he the one who? Is he the one who he got blocked in a one-on-one drill and he ripped the offensive lineman's yeah. helmet off and threw it? Yeah, He's- ripped the helmet off and I think got kicked out of that practice or something. So I don't know if that's like a huge indictment on him or if that's going to keep him from getting drafted. I, I I don't know. I just think he kind of, like I said, he is who he is. He's a, He was a really good college football player. And will he be on a training camp roster? Sure. Will he make an actual roster? Probably not, but, you know, Maybe you can. Maybe he's a practice squad guy. That's. I think that's his absolute. Well, realistically, he's a practice squad guy. Absolute best case scenario, he does make a roster. Let's let's put it that way. Anybody else, uh, you know, who maybe didn't get a combine invite, um, and anybody else coming out of uh, coming out of LSU, you think has has an opportunity to get drafted or or has an opportunity to 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 make an NFL career out of it. I think LSU starting center Charles Turner could get drafted. I don't know if the Giants in particular are looking for offensive line help, but Charles Turner, he he's kind of like Makai Wingo. He's a little on the smaller side, but to Turner's credit, he's really like technically savvy and he makes just all the right calls. And he was the anchor for uh or he made all the calls for uh LSU's uh Joe Moore. Uh, finalist offensive line. LSU had a really good offensive line l- last year, and they really gelled. And, and and Turner was right in the middle of it. Uh, he was on that national championship roster. And now, granted, he was like a freshman, but you know he, he's been around some of the highest of highs, and he's got multiple years starting in the SEC, being the signal caller up front. He and he got a combine invite, so good honor for getting that that invite. That's that's the first step, and he's the type of just the right character, you know, the the combine's just a big interview, you know, and I think he's going to interview you really well for a team. Will someone fall in love with his physicality and his physical traits? Probably not, but 
is he someone you would want on the roster? I would say so. Yes. All right. Hey, Zachary, I re- really, really appreciate the time. That's a pretty good rundown of the uh, of the LSU guys heading to the uh, the NFL draft. So, really appreciate uh, really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've actually I've got a question for you, Ed. Um, let's say the Giants do take Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors wore eight at LSU, and his Twitter handle is Yguard13. Both those jersey numbers are currently occupied. Yes. Yes. So what if it is neighbors? Uh, I'm curious what number he goes with because he's not going to take Daniel Jones's number, and it's Jalen Hyatt wearing 13 now for the Giants, correct? Correct. So I'm, I'm curious correct. what he what he would wear. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know. You know, it depends. It it depends how uh, probably how attached Jalen Hyatt is to 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm sure that uh, I, I would guess that Malik has some s- some nil money he can he can slide Jalen Hyatt's yeah. way, yeah. for uh, for for in exchange for the for the jersey number, but uh, but yeah, and, but but then again, he may only have to wait a year to get number eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So you, you never know, but that's, but that's interesting. It's, uh, it's always, you know, these guys, I, I get a kick out of it all across the NFL because they come out of college and their, their, their hand, their, their social media handles and their promotion and everything is, you know, number so-and-so and, and you can't get that number in the NFL. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's, it's uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's always interesting, but you know, if, if Malik Neighbors lands with the Giants, I'm sure that that's that's a problem they won't mind having. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, as I said, I do appreciate the time. And uh, Giants fans, thank you, as always, for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.